0: The following is a presentation of the Speedsport Podcast Network.
1: This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bike from the Speedsport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass. Here's your host,
2: Kyle Armstrong. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast from the Speedsport Podcast Studios here in Mooresville, North Carolina, powered by My Race Pass. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong with Adam Logan here in the studio again today. Uh, this week, we're gonna be talking to a very special guest, been wanted to get him on the show for a long time. Honestly, uh, picked, up as, picked up a win this weekend at Port Royal, the first win in a long time. Uh, Mr. Earl Pearson Jr., uh, you know, I didn't know if you guys knew, but there's a hurricane warning right here in Mooresville this afternoon and uh, comes in the form of uh, Earl Pearson Jr. So out of Jacksonville, Florida. So we're looking forward to getting him on here. Some of you listeners may be a little privy to. uh, I was. I I had. I had a very pretty special guest lined up. Honestly, uh, as of about last Wednesday for this coming week, and his name just happens to be Jeremy Clements, who won that Xfinity race at Daytona this weekend. Yeah, he's a little busy. So he's still, still pretty busy on a media tour from all that. So I guess he's.
0: We're not high enough on the media tour yet. You win Daytona, I think we get we. I'll give the him, bottom <laughs> i'll
2: give him a, a pass on that because man that was an awesome win to see him do that and he's he's got quite a story to tell he came from a background of dirt lake model racing and uh, it, it's it's an interesting story he's going to come on here at some point in the near future and and, and talk to us and uh, you know big congratulations to jeremy and tony and that whole team down there at spartanburg south carolina i'm sure they're celebrating tonight as we speak uh that big win at daytona that's definitely uh that's definitely a big deal for sure, so hopefully we can uh, we can line that up again here in the near future, because I, I want all our listeners to hear hear what he has to tell us for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, what do you got going on this week, Adam?
0: <laughs> I got uh got a good bit going on. Uh, we got the last couple races on the asphalt up at Wilkesboro, so probably going to head up there, eat, try to get up there tomorrow and... And Wednesday, and then um, probably this weekend, try and catch a try and catch a dirt race. I don't know. We got the Outlaws are close to town. They're in Livonia and and
2: Smoky Smoky Mountain Mountain, Friday night. Yeah, Livonia Saturday night. That'd be a good little swing.
0: Then they got uh, something. What is this? They got seventy five at Cherokee. I don't know what that is on Sunday.
2: Not sure there. Probably a Carolina Clash race. They usually have there every every year
0: might, might hit one of those up this weekend but uh kind of i might just lay low a little bit because got a big uh big week uh the next week going up to eldora yeah the world the world
2: 100 one. is looming i mean we'll be at that next week so probably uh probably won't have a podcast next week at least i won't be here if they want to call me and uh, talk to me on the phone <laughs> i'll be glad to but i think i'm we'll gonna be. be
0: getting ready uh we'll uh we're taking the trailer up there with with work so We'll be busy getting that thing all stocked up and make sure we can take care of our, our customers up there and packing. So we might have to get uh line up somebody really special after that deal.
2: Yeah, for sure. We're uh really excited about going us to the to the World 100 this year with with SRI Performance. We're taking yep. a taking a little uh, trying something new and different up there, a different concept. We're bringing uh, Dirty Grass Soul up there, one of our favorite bands, and. If you've listened to the show long enough, you heard Kevin Dedman back on episode 33 talk uh, to us and he's going to, him and his band are going to be up there playing on that Wednesday night. We're excited to bring them guys up there to, uh, to put on a show for all the fans. And, you know, we'd been talking about doing that for a long time, back and forth with Eldora. And I'm really glad and appreciative that they uh, gave us the opportunity to, to do that. And I think it's a win-win situation for all parties involved. I mean. Originally, we were going to do it on that Wednesday night anyway. Well, yeah. now the dream is going to be continued that night. So, there's automatically going to be quite a few people inside the gates there. So, why not stick around and watch that concert? So, yeah. I'll be there. So, come see us and hang out with us there. Me and Adam will both probably be there yep. at Wednesday night at the concert. So,
0: I'll, I'll be there. And like, they used to always do that. Like it, you know, before before they changed the the format of the world and dream of having the you know the features on thursday and friday and racing all hours of the night like it used to always be thursday you you pull down in there and you pretty much go through tech Mm -hmm. that's all thursday was and so you'd, you'd push your car over there go through tech make sure that's all good you know some people you know do a little work on it but thursday was just just an easy day and then they always had like a they always had some kind of party up on top of the hill so like I think this is bringing back kind of like that old-school vibe of, you know, let's have a party, let's have a band up there, and get all the fans, because trust me, there ain't nothing to do up there <laughs> but the racetrack. So
2: I think, I'm excited. Right? I think it's going to be awesome. A lot of people are looking forward to it. You know, we'll get to see the final 86 laps of the dream and the conclusion of that event, and somebody, one race team is going to walk out of there with a lot of money. Well, everybody that's starting the thing is going to, have a pretty good purse to race for but especially that winning purse i believe it's 128 thousand 000 to win and then chris the, madden's leading it as we speak and uh, it's that's it's, gonna end the night and i think as soon as that's over the band will kick off out there so that's where we'll be i'm uh getting some new hats coming in this week and i'll have them up there forward bike podcast hats and i've got a few t-shirts left over so if anybody needs any of that stuff uh please get some of it from me there. We could use the gas money. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's gonna—it's not just going to be one race that night. They're adding, before the the end of the dream, the conclusion of that, or they're doing a little new concept of any driver who hasn't won at Eldora gets to race in a feature. So if they have 200 cars they ain't never won, they're going to bust them up in the features and, and let them run 15, 20 laps and – so I think it's gonna be. A, I think, it's I be think be a those big, races are
2: gonna be a pretty cool deal too. I mean, it, have, it'd
0: be different how the. I don't know how they're gonna. I don't know how they're gonna bust them up. I don't know if it's gonna be a random draw.
2: You'll have your Ryan mm-hmm. Kings and your Kyle Blight and you know whoever. Yeah, it Freddie is, Carpenter.
0: Like I said, they... And, so on
2: and so forth, and they pay pretty good money too. So it'll be. Those will be some really interesting races to see.
0: Yeah, I was. I was listening to. Um, a show kind of leading up to Eldora, and they were talking to one driver. And, you, know, they're, you know, they're focusing in on the Eldora deal. And he, he mentioned it, and it's, it's kind of how I grew up, was Eldora, you never really, you never got laps. Like, it took you so long to figure the place out. Because, like I said, you know, before, Thursday was your, your tech day. You know, Friday, you only had four laps on the racetrack. You had a green-white checkered as far as hot laps. You come in, and then you had one round of qualifying, and then you had another one. and They were only one lap. And then you hope you were fast enough to get in the top, the, the top 120 and line up for your heat races, and then you got a 15- or 20-lap heat race and, you know, make the field. Nowadays, I mean, this week, I mean, you got four days. You got the guys finishing the dream, which they'll have some laps on the track. And then they're giving those guys who have have never won a race up there, giving them some extra laps. And then once they get that night done, then it goes into your normal deal. You know, Thursday features, Friday features, and then. So I, I think I think it's. I think, I think if think you're a race
2: fan, it's an awesome it's format. It's a great. It's the greatest format of uh, any race that I can think of, and and it's and they make it so.
0: Like, there's there's certain events out there that they race three nights. Like, they'll have a Thursday and a Friday deal, and then it kind of sets up for a Saturday show. But it's kind of like, you know, Friday night, and thur- Thursday and Friday is, like, their own separate show. So, if you do good on a Thursday night, you really don't have to do good on Friday. You're, like, you're kind of locked in. I think this deal is, it's like they say, every lap matters. Qualifying, there is no... You know, we're going to do, they do a redraw or invert or whatever, but it's based on, you know, they do it based on how fast you are. They ain't going to invert, you know, no sandbagging, you know. So you get, like, at Knoxville, I'll say this. for At Knoxville, they do an invert, but when they do the invert, if you qualified bad and you won your heat race, you start in the back of the feature for those nights. If you qualified good and you made it in, you start ahead of the guys that were slower than you. So you got you know it's kind of it's kind of different, but like at Eldora, you qualify up front, you get an invert, you go you know you win your heat or, I mean it's, they reward you so like it it's very good for race fans because everybody's on on the gas, you know it's every lap matters, you got to win to get the most points to set yourself up for Saturday night, being in front of one of those heat races. So like I said, race fan racers it's 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 probably the best format best event to go to all year
2: yeah well yeah, we're looking forward to it for sure i know uh man i just can't wait to head up uh head up the road and
0: you'll be driving pull in there you taking your camper
2: oh yeah gotta yeah. have the camper
0: yeah i'm flying in yeah i'm gonna take that i'm gonna take the easy way i'm gonna fly up in there and i got a hotel so
2: that'd be good but. looking forward to that for sure i mean it's uh it's it's pretty cool. I guess uh, you know this week at the World of Outlaws, were this past weekend they were at Davenport, put on some incredible racing. That, out place, there. that place is, is always a, pretty awesome.
0: That place is a racy joint. They got it figured out. I'm glad. I'm really glad because we used to race there uh, on the outlaw deal, and we always had to run the half mile. I hated that. Like that track. I mean, it was flat, big. Like just didn't provide good racing. And then I think a couple of years ago they decided we were going to have a two-night show there. They were going to do the quarter mile the first night, and then we were going to race the half mile the next night. And every one of us after that first night were like, whoa, 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 no, no. Let's, can we, like, change the format? Can we, like, race the quarter mile They hadn't went back
2: to that big track, yeah. They, they. It, they
0: had, they, by the time we all kind of started, like, speaking up and like, hey, let's, let's leave it a quarter mile, the way they do the track, they had to build up on the front straightaway you know the terms, and they didn't cut those down, so it's like it was too late to to change it. But definitely that quarter mile puts on some. It's wide, you can run the bottom, top, you know, middle when you need to. And Tanner English, I mean, he showed out this week <laughs> for not winning, not ever winning an outlaw show, and then picking up one on Friday night, and then turned around the next night. I mean, and it, he had to earn that one. He didn't pass till late, late in that race to pick up thirty thousand. So
2: I don't have the point standings in front of me right here, but I guarantee you he's closing in on on Dennis Serb Jr. We so, always thought it was a lock for Dennis Serb Jr. to go ahead and win this championship this year, but I'm telling you he's got he's got a challenge coming on from Tanner English and and also Max Blair right now. It's going to be down to the wire all year. Max long. Blair
0: he he had a tough weekend, so he he was second going into this weekend, and then um, after. After Tanner won on Friday night, they were tied for second. They were tied. And then Max has some trouble again on Saturday night, and Tanner wins the race. Dennis Herb has some, some issues. And so big point swing there. Um, Tanner's within, I think it's like 98 points. So he's under 100. I know the way their point structure is, it's you, know, you get four more points if you – win the race in second place and then it drops two points down so you know it's still a long shot but the way he's been running it's he's he's got the momentum behind him to to make a late charge here at the end of the year and possibly pick up the championship
2: and english is going to a couple of tracks this weekend with some red clay on him something he's familiar he's with smoky mountain yeah. and lavonia and yep um I, you don't never know. It's going to be interesting to pay attention to. It's going to be, and you know, it's
0: kind of kind of like this weekend in NASCAR. They went to Daytona, kind of a wild card, and I'm sure some of you guys watched those races and saw the unexpected winners and this and that. You can kind of toss it up to Cherokee. They got to go to Cherokee this year, and the way that track surface is, and the way tires don't last there, it could be one of those deals where you know one of those guys gets bit late in the race and you know, was having a good race and having a good points night could, you know, shift it again and in their favor or out of their favor on that deal. So a lot of, a lot of racing left to go. So,
2: yeah, Austin Dillon and Jeremy Clements won there at Daytona. Both some came from, guys. both are dirt guys. Both, both came from the dirt lake did, world. Uh, so big congratulations to those guys. It's pretty cool to see kind of some, uh I guess, unexpected winners on both, both sides there. I was watching that,
0: that NASCAR race, and it reminded me of Eldora that year. It started raining going in there. <laughs> exactly. I was, like, wh- I
2: was like, what? It was just like the Heat 5 deal. It just went,
0: they all just went washed up. I'm like, wow.
2: There's nothing they could have done about no, that.
0: No, no, it wasn't, you know, everybody's going to, you know, blame NASCAR, but they're going 200 miles an hour. Just, you know, it wasn't raining nowhere. They got 100 yards down the racetrack after the wreck, and it was bone dry. So it was, it's just that one little area, and you're going that fast on slick tires. It's
2: that was wild.
0: That, that was that was definitely crazy.
2: Yeah, that was a wild card race for sure. Um, yeah, that and then we'll go over to Port Royal now. Uh, our, our guest coming up here picked up the fifty thousand dollar check, his first win, and I believe he one hundred fourteen races. Yeah,
0: that's that's crazy that a guy like Earl, four time champion on the series. Got multiple wins, big wins. He won the Dirt Million that year. I know it wasn't a, I know it wasn't a million dollars, that year, but you know two hundred and twelve thousand and yeah, some
2: change, two hundred something thousand, the third dollars. biggest purse yeah. at this point.
0: Yeah. So he he you know he's he's no slouch, and he's kind of went through a little rough stretch there, and finally you know teaming up with that that Pappage out of California, it kind of kind of turned him around, got him in in Longhorn cars and and. This year he's had good runs like he's he's been in contention more this year, and it finally um finally paid off this weekend and what a way to pay off not just a ten thousand dollars win a fifty thousand win and that race was that place up there just i don't I don't know it's just it's a race it's a cool place the modified put on a good show up there that was that was two nights reckon off turn four for the lead or call you know cost one guy the lead you know the win so that's a I wouldn't say it's a hidden gem, but I think that place is finally showing its potential of how great a racetrack that is. I think it's done
2: caught on for in the late model world. Now it's in been the, a sprint car oh, yeah, in Mecca was, for a long time. You know the Tuscarora 50 is actually coming up there next yeah, weekend with that's the a big, sprint cars fifty four thousand to win or fifty three thousand to win sprint car race. And, I went uh, I was I was there
0: for a Tuscarora. Were you? Yep. And it rained out.
2: Well, the last year me and me and uh, my buddy James, he listens to this he's a big fan of our podcast, listens to it, me and him decided we're gonna make a little road trip and we took off and went up to Port Royal last year and got up there and about the time about ten or fifteen, thirty minutes before hot laps or so, it bottom fell out, started raining, rained us out. Yeah. So we're like, dang, we drove all the way up here and got rained out. So I not seen a race there yet, but I've been there. Uh, that wasn't a lost trip, though. We still found a sprint car race at Lincoln that night, the All-Stars, and that was a pretty cool trip. I think we've probably talked about that on the show Yeah, right I think before, you have.
0: I, I've that, never seen a sprint car race around the place. Like I said, I went up for that Tuscarora, but it ended up, you know, it was, the bottom never really fell out. It just kind of drizzled rain and just would never move out of the area, so they ended up, they ended up canceling it, and I couldn't. I think they. I don't know if they raced it two days later or what they did. I don't know, but I, I wasn't there. But all I've ever seen is just late models there. And I said, I, I think it's one of the, one of the best tracks in the country as far as racing. I mean, you can get up on the high side, you can roll the bottom, and move around on it. So,
2: one heck of a look. nice facility, too. Yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. And they got a tunnel.
2: Yeah. yeah a, I
0: mean How many dirt tracks got a tunnel besides Eldora? You know, they've got one that the fans and, the, and they pack out that infield to watch them races so
2: well we'll uh well i'd like to thank andy's towing superior pools of south carolina and tour v for all of their support from the for this podcast and uh like i said we'll see you up there at eldora next week got, got some of those new hats coming they are sharp and i can't wait to uh to debut those things and we'll uh, take a quick break here and we'll call up the hurricane all right we're back here on the forward bike podcast we've got a hurricane on the line one here on the andy's and hotline going to go down to jacksonville florida and talk to earl pearson jr well earl you uh you, you finally got it done and found victory lane this weekend up there at port royal tell us a little bit uh, about your weekend up there
1: well it was a very good weekend for us uh with pappage racing and um you know in april we had a good car there and me and Lawson got together and uh wrecked both of us out but um run second Friday night to uh shepherd and uh, I felt like I had a car that can really uh, maybe could outrun him. If, if I could have got a little closer to him, but I uh, found a, a line there late in the race and I uh, got better and better. But anyway, um, Saturday night, we made a couple changes and um, started uh, fourth and picked away way through there and got the lead. I don't know about lap eight or 10 and um, was really good we can move all over the racetrack and pass the traffic um, but that Thornton was coming back to me uh, late in the race and I think uh, luckily we had a caution uh, where I could move around my signal guy was telling me go high low do this do that <laughs> I didn't know which way to go but uh, but anyway it all worked out uh, I knew that Thornton once he you know had a restart there I knew he's gonna try to do a slide job and and he did one time and you know, uh, I respect him because he could have slid me on up the racetrack and probably made me hit the brakes. But he drove me awful clean, and, you know, uh, it worked out. I knew what I had to do the last couple laps, just kind of block his line there. He may have been a little bit better than I was. But anyway, it worked out for me and the team and all the sponsors. And and what's crazy about it, after the race, you know, there were so many people, drivers, fans, teams, they just hung around for Probably an hour, hour and a half after the race, and just talked and pictures and everything else, which was, I like, man, I act like I ain't never won a race or something. <laughs> it's only <laughs> but, been
0: 114.
1: <laughs> I know it's been a little while, but uh, but yeah, it, it was nice to, to do there. And that Port Royal is it's a great place to race. You can race all over it. I know it's a big track, but um, I grew up on the bigger tracks. But anyway, I enjoyed it. And uh, like I say, the team's done an outstanding job, and you know we've kind of been up and down all year, but we've had speed, and either we get a flat tire, or you know just like at Florence, something comes up, and hit the oil filter, or who knows, you know, it's just all kind of things line up, you know, could mess your night up. But anyway, uh, Saturday night, everything lined up for me, and it was our turn to win.
0: So you know, you broke the the. 114 race, you know, winless streak. I mean, as a driver, you know, what, I mean, is that always in the back of your mind or is it just something you just kind of, what's your mindset in in race to race when you've got something like that on your shoulders?
1: Well, there ain't no doubt, you know, as a driver, when you get in a slump, you know, whatever it may, it may it may be golf, it may be baseball, whatever, but when you get in a slump like that, you start looking at yourself, you know, like, you know, is it over? Can I still do this? Or what do I need to do? I mean, all kinds of things go through your mind, but you know, like this year or even when I got with Pappage late in the year, last year, we've been competitive. And I told Pappage, if I can stay competitive, we'll win some races. And we've had the opportunity to win races. Um, you know, things just happen, but you know, we had several second place finishes. we got a, huge amount of heat race wins um so i mean we're competitive um and i you know but still like your your question there is you still look at yourself you know how how long do i do this you know do i keep beating my head against the wall or will i ever win again you know and you get out front like that saturday night and you're you're riding around there and you're like well somebody's gonna creep up here and pass me five to go and i'll finish <laughs> second again
2: <laughs> well well i've never i've never uh, counted you out earl i i was uh you've mentioned it already but like back at port royal back in april there whenever you kind of got into it with Larson there i was you you probably should have won that race that day really if you look back at it and uh and i whenever we came back to port royal here me personally just kind of outside looking in i was like man i think uh, earl pearson junior would be a good pick this weekend and uh and for sure you uh, you got the setup up there at that place
1: Well, we do, and and for all the big tracks, we we got a pretty good setup. You know, we almost won uh, Pittsburgh last year, and uh, we run pretty good at Eldor. Um, So, I mean, we got a good setup for the big tracks, and I mean, we're competitive on the small tracks, but as far as the big tracks, I feel comfortable going to any of them, and and feel like I got speed, and um, so that works out for us, but uh, the big thing is, you know, I don't know if anybody's been around Brunswick Speedway, but back in the day, that thing was 150, 60 mile an hour. So the speed don't bother me. And I enjoy running on the bigger tracks, you know, with the speed. So I don't know if it just fits my style. And what a lot of people was kidding me about this weekend is uh, Friday night, they were saying, well, what are you doing on the top? Usually you're always on the bottom. <laughs> I am like, well, I don't know what Shepard was doing on the bottom. He was in my line, so I had to go pick
0: his line. <laughs> <laughs> Roll reversal this weekend.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I was. Uh, I got to go watch a couple of those races at that Golden Isles at Brunswick there. Whenever it was the big track, and uh, I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. You talking about some incredible speeds, and that—that's your backyard right there. You won a lot of races on that place when it was like that. So yeah, speed's not a factor to you.
1: No, and I and people probably don't even know what we're talking about, but bronze way cross back in the days it's like an oil-based track and look it's pretty much asphalt and i mean you just hey you just hold it wide open and go around in a circle you know so uh, but yeah and like i said i grew up on that kind of stuff but um that port royal is kind of special because then people work hard at what they do at that place and that friday night when it rained they got all the tractors out there and done their thing and a street sweeper. I was like, holy cow, I don't think I've ever seen a street sw- sweeper out here on a dirt track <laughs> throwing mud around. But they, they they, got it done and actually had a good racetrack. So,
2: I was yeah. very impressed with I've the turnaround a, on that Friday night deal. I've seen an
0: airboat. I've seen an airboat at a racetrack before. I don't know
1: if I, down at East Bay. Yes, sir. I've seen that. <laughs> I have seen that. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah.
2: So. Yeah, that yeah man we just wanted to have you on here and congratulate you i actually uh been we've been doing this for quite a while this is number episode number 58 and you've been on our list for a long time we're glad to finally uh yeah. make it all happen here and it's i guess coming off the heels of a i guess you just have to win a race and we'll uh we'll call you i guess
1: i guess so but <laughs> hey hey if i win this weekend you're more than welcome to call again sir. we will <laughs> but, there we go yeah but uh yeah i appreciate y'all doing this and having me on and things you do uh it just helps everybody you know, in racing in general sponsors uh fans everybody so we appreciate what y'all do
2: absolutely yeah, i appreciate you saying that we try to give you guys something to listen to going up and down the road too to these races we're we're for the fans and we're for the we're for the racing community as well i think a lot of people dig it so that's what we that's why we that's what keeps us coming back and doing this every week i guess
1: yeah absolutely y'all doing a good job and i appreciate it
2: yeah, well, you know, the world 100 is coming up right here in a, in a, you know, next week and, uh, I would, uh, we, I gotta ask you about, you know, you won the world 100 back in 2006 and a lot of people really hold that race as the, as the greatest world 100 of all time. And you happen to win that race. Uh, uh, what do you remember about that night?
1: Well, there's no doubt it was a pretty epic race because, you know, Back in them days, the race was pretty much worn around the top of, of the racetrack. And that particular night, there was this happened to be a bottom, and I just fell to the bottom. I said, I'm going to just give this a shot. And I just started running around the bottom and just drove myself right up to the front there. But once I got up there, you got Shannon Bab and uh, Jeep. Jeep Van Warmer. Jeep was unbelievable. I mean, every lap, it seemed like he was just throwing sparks everywhere. And I'm like, oh, boy, this will be big. If he wrecks, I'm gonna be right there with him. But, uh, but I, I don't know. It was a it was just like an exciting race amongst three or four of us, and you know to just get in victory lane there and I had Carlton Lamb and you know my crew guys back in them days and I, I tell you what, it was just a special night. And uh, you know for Carlton Lamb and Kemp Lamb and Don Benson for many years he's been involved in racing like that. It was just. Huge night, and he, he said once I got to the lead, he said he just sat down on his four wheeler and never watched another lap until <laughs> the checker. I was like, Well, you ain't got to be like that, but but uh, but yeah, it, it was a big night, it was big. And anybody who wins a race at Eldor, it's just
2: special for anybody. Well, your name's always in the history books, there for sure, but that but that had to be exciting from your view, watching those, uh, watching Jeep and and Babb and all them race like that for the, for the lead. And you're sitting back there third or fourth or whatever, that whole race and looking at that, that had to be an incredible to watch those guys put on that much of a show.
1: It was, it was a, it was a good show. And I don't know how many lead changes there was, but we were sliding each other and jeeps throwing the sparks and beating the wall down. And, you know, and I'm just creeping around the bottom <laughs> like, like my usual self. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was just a a special night, and like I say, so many fans still remember that night because what a race it was, and, and even this weekend, you know, leading up to the World 100, there was people talking about that race. Uh, so, a lot of people remember. It. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
2: Yeah, for sure, and uh, and you know, leading up to it next weekend, or not this weekend, but next uh, the World 100 again y uh, you know, coming off your win at Port Royal, that's got to give you guys some confidence, you and your team, to go up there and uh, possibly uh, park that thing in Victory Lane again.
1: Well, it does. And, you know, the crew guys, they're, they're in Ohio now working on it, getting ready for this weekend. But um, I'll be on the road with them after this weekend and go to Eldor, Knoxville, and all that good stuff. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know well as I do, What we do, you got to have the right people to make all of it work, and if you don't, it makes it tough. Um, I I look at it like a football team. One person can't do it all. You know, uh, everybody talks about the drivers and whatever, but behind the scenes there's so many crew guys that make all this stuff happen, and they don't get in the spotlight too much. But the way I look at it, if we didn't have them, we surely couldn't do it. So uh, my crew guys, they're doing a heck of a job.
2: I agree, and you've had an opportunity to drive for a lot of really good teams over the years. You just mentioned Kemp and Carlton Lamb there with the Dunn-Benson Ford team, and uh, you had that ride for a long time and and a sponsor in Lucas Oil for about as long as uh, I've seen a sponsor stick with anybody over the years. And uh, tell us us a few good stories about uh, about the Dunn-Benson Ford days. And, I mean, that goes way back into the the mid to late 90s. Man, that goes
1: way back, um, started with them. In uh, 2001, and, you know, of course, we run the Extreme uh, Series there for a little while, and uh, Carlton was just a special person. He was, of course, had the Ford dealership, but what he always told me is every person is good at something. You just got to figure out what they're good at, and that's the way he worked his team. He would just move them around, let them do this, let them do that, and he would put them in place where they needed to be. And I learned a lot from that guy. He just was a special person with people. And he, he loved the sport, loved the sponsors. And, I mean, he was just a – and I don't get me wrong now, if you didn't run good, he's going to have a little meeting with you <laughs> and find out what the problem is. But um, but anyway, I mean, his, his son was right there the whole time with him side by side. And, you know, my dad was a part of it. And them two was like best friends. They would just sit around and talk at the racetrack and talk to the fans. Um, it was just a good relationship that I had with them. And you know, uh, when I first got with them, I was like, "Oh boy, I don't, I ain't never done nothing like this, travel and race like this." But I mean, it was open arms, and for not just for me, for my whole entire family, and it was just great. And I went on to drive for Bobby Labonte. And then I went back to the Dunn-Benson team. Um, so that's the kind of relationship we had. But my dad always told me, do not burn a bridge because you never know what takes place. You know, maybe a year or two years, you just don't know what takes place in life. So that's why I've always worked it. And anybody I drove for and went on to another team, I've always got good relationships with them. You know, me and Bobby still talk. Ronnie Stucky, we talk every weekend. So uh, I just... I just try to do that and do the right
0: thing with every person I'm with. Yeah, I, I learned that in just my little racing, you know, working on cars, and, you know, crewing and everything. Don't ever burn a bridge. Never say never, because you know this this racing community is it, it, it's small, and you, you never know what a couple years down the road or whatever might might pop back up, and you're like, oh, you know, yeah, like you said, if you, you burn that bridge, you know, that's bad for you. So that's a yes. That's that's a very good some good words to
1: live by there yes yes absolutely yes it is
2: well one of uh hey we'll take a quick break here earl and we'll come back uh this is the forward bike podcast on the speed sport podcast network sponsored by my race pass all right we're back with the forward bike podcast we're talking to earl pearson jr earl you're talking about uh driving for uh for the dun benson ford team and i think i gotta ask you this one of the most iconic photos and all of uh, dirt lake model racing history was that one that todd turner took down there cherokee speedway when you chris madden and dwayne homel all come out of turn four coming to the checkered flag and all went around and of course donnie moran won the race that day but people you talk about people still talking about something that that is that has lived on that's legendary and that uh, uh tell us a little bit about what you remember about that night
1: well that was crazy um And, of course, you're Cherokee. And, you know, Chris Mann is pretty much his home place. And Hommel, you know, he he was not far from there. And Anyway, was having a good race there. And I was coming out of turn four. And all of a sudden, I mean, somebody hit me extremely hard. (laughs) And I I didn't know who it was. But we all, three of us, wrecked together on the front straightaway. And I got out of the car. And I went after Mann. I went after Hommel. I didn't know who had hit me but they hit me so hard. I I was like, what in the world is going on here? But, uh, you know, after the fact me and Chris, man, we still talk about it from time to time, but uh, and, and me and him's good friends, and I hate what happened to Hommel. I mean, he was probably going to be one of the better drivers in the country. Oh, for sure. And, yeah, he, he was, he had his, he, he had a good race car and, and could drive a race car, and he was going to be somebody to deal with week in and week out, but you know that was a sad situation but uh but anyway that yeah that was and it was crazy after i wrecked i'm just sitting on the front straightaway and i see donny moran just drive by like <laughs> 15 miles an hour just wig through you know just went around me went around man and just went across the checker flag running about 15 miles an hour i'm like what in the world's going on here but <laughs> it was a crazy afternoon
2: yeah For sure. What do you remember? Anything that you might have said there after that? Because I mean, there was pictures Uh, of you guys pointing and. Oh yeah, there was
1: there was a couple of good choice words there. I promise you. (laughs) I'm sure. And between all three of us. (laughs) It was
0: it was a miscommunication.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, we worked through it, and things happen like that. But you know, the next week you move on, and everybody shakes hands and keeps on going because you know everybody's there to win. Ain't no doubt. And like I say, some days it happens and you know as you race over the years you you know who you can race with and who you can't at times so that's just could part you, of
2: it could you imagine could you imagine though if that happened today in the days time with all the cameras and uh, and and live streaming and all that stuff i mean back in those days it was you kind of had you didn't read about it till the next week in the paper i can't yeah. imagine how everybody would have been talking about if that happened today cuz you know everybody yeah, gets yeah. on them buttons <laughs>
1: yeah it would would have been center of of attention i promise because it was like i say we was all cussing each other and there's no telling what would have been on facebook or whatever it would have been pretty wild but uh but yeah it was like i say it was pretty intense here on the front straightaway for about 10 minutes but uh but anyway we got through it
0: so going back you know your longtime sponsor you know forest lucas and lucas oil and stuff like You've all you've been a mainstay on the on the Lucas tour. Um, wh- why is that? I mean, I know a sponsor and stuff like that, but what makes racing with the Lucas bunch? You know, for you to stick with them throughout all these years.
1: Well, the way I look at it is, and me and Forrest talked about this last week. Matter of fact, I've been with Forrest for twenty two years, and at this point right now, it's sponsorship is great, but it's almost more of a family friendship than sponsorship. And I know that crazy, that sounds crazy to say it that way, but we talk Went me and Morgan talk, uh, several people in the companies talk all the time and, you know, whether it's racing or a product or whatever it may be. Uh, but the biggest thing, the way I look at it is, is this guy, you know, helped me out so many different ways. And if, if I can just return the favor of running his series with Lucas oil in front of that car, that's what I'm going to do. And that's the way I've always done it. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as long as he's on the front of our car, um, we'll continue to run Lucas oil.
2: They make a really good product and you, uh, you're a pretty good ambassador for that product. In fact, I, uh, I work at SRI performance here in Mooresville. I had a guy come in there the other day that, uh, believe he said he was one of your neighbors down there and was talking about, talk, asking me about some Lucas Oil stuff or whatever. I think it was some Lucas Slick Mist, he said. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get some of this and try it. I, if I like it, I'll just go see my neighbor over there, Earl Pearson. He might just give me a case of it. <laughs> I might have a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You're a great yeah. brand ambassador for, for Lucas Oil, and you have been for a long time for sure. I'm sure you get a lot of products out of the deal too.
1: Yeah. like And like I say, it's, and what Forrest always has told me, I don't never uh, get stingy with, with the way it works. You know, uh, I've always just got just enough oil for the race team or race product, whatever it may be. And like I say, I don't, um, you know, go too crazy with it. And like I say, I get a little bit here from my house or whatever and kind of just do it that way. And, and, and he always has respect that. And, you know but i mean we talk about so many different things and last week he was out on this cattle ranch and we was talking about the cattle you know and he, he goes out there enjoys himself and he talks a little bit about racing and how things are going and uh that's how we do it and you know not just him there's several different people in the company that like i say do it the same way we just talk as we need and and if we just want to talk it may be about something totally different than racing or our product but um but yeah i mean it's it's a good product and what's good about it is it's just not in dirt lake model it's in NASCARs and motorcycles he supports every type of racing there is in the world and uh, to me that goes a long way.
2: that speaks volumes and it has a football stadium yeah with yeah. your with one of your yes. cars in it just american yeah, yeah just yeah. american all the way around
0: racing yes. football cattle yeah. it's
2: pretty pretty cool man i want to uh earl i want to ask you about your dad uh uh you know he sadly passed away there last year and you have mentioned him a little bit there he now he raced back in the back in uh back in the early days and kind of kind of that's where you grew up around i guess watching him run tell us a little bit about some of that uh some of your earlier days
1: well i raced go-karts for quite some time well i started in 1980 and went to 1990 racing go-karts with him and um, my brothers actually still build go-kart motors for a living today and um but i mean our whole family was racing and we raced go-karts like I say for quite some time and then we got into opal modified out here at jack's uh raceway and white cross and Brunswick and volusia a little bit and um I mean, he was just a great teacher. He always told me, he said, look, if you get out run, you go home and work harder to get better. You don't sit there and complain about he's cheating or this guy's doing that or whatever. You just go home and stick to yourself and make your car faster. And that's why we always did it. And um, my whole family supported me, my mom, my dad, you know throughout my racing career, along with my brothers. And uh, like I say, they're still building go-kart motors right now today, but uh yeah i lost him um about a year and a half ago and and that was special to win that race saturday night because i haven't won a race since he passed away and i know he was pulling for me sitting up there smiling probably him and Carlton up there high-fiving together and doing their thing but um but yeah it, it was you know anytime you you lose a family member like that it's tough and you know he got sick with the COVID and it was unexpected because, I mean, he was 80 years old and I'm telling you what he worked every day. And a lot of days he was here at my house working and uh, every day we was doing something. We would build this, that, or whatever, cut grass, whatever it had to be. We, we done it together. And then when you get, he got the COVID and just all of it happened so fast, it was just heartbreaking. And then, you know, but you gotta do what you gotta do. Life goes on. And, you know, I learned so much from him as a person not just a racer as a person and i really think that's why a lot of people hung out with me after that race uh saturday because like davenport was over there for quite some time tim mccready kevin rumley we talked me and kevin talked about his dad you know he passed away and um so all, all them was friends you know um kevin's uh daddy and carlton and, and my dad and so, uh, but it, it was, uh, you know, special went that race and had the people just hang out with us at the race and, and, you know, it, it works on you. Don't get me wrong. It works on you, but <laughs> it, it was, it was just special. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah. I feel like he was riding with you there. I saw a few pictures of that helmet you had uh, painted up yes. with some pictures and stuff on him. What a cool tribute that was. And, uh, cool to have him there riding with you on that, on that helmet for sure.
1: Yeah, my family and, and Jason Pappage was involved in it. Uh, Trey, my son, he come up with all that, and you know, talked to Pappage about it, which I didn't know anything about all this. And, you know, my family got involved with it. And, yeah, they had all that painted up, and one day it showed up at my house. And I was like, well, what's in this box? So I opened it up, and it's that helmet, and it had my mom on there and my dad and you know all the pictures on it and all that stuff. So yes, that, that's a. I didn't even want to race it. I, I didn't even want to wear it. You know, it looked so good and you know so much memory on it. And I was like, well, I don't know. And I asked Trey. He said, absolutely, you race it. They'll they'll be riding with you. So, so anyway, we got a win for him. Absolutely, that's
2: cool. I think that's a good luck charm. Now you got to keep using that helmet yeah absolutely yeah
0: yes, sir. <laughs> we, yes, get, sir. we get a rock chip in it. we'll have to go touch it up we that helmet ain't going
1: yeah. nowhere. yeah it's got some chips in it but we'll make we'll make do
2: so you've driven a lot of car numbers over the years and uh you're back in the 46 which was your number when you started i believe if i'm mm-hmm. am i right saying that yeah so uh so what's where does that 46 number come from and uh why is that special to you
1: Well, that was my dad's number when he raced. Um, He always had 46, uh, you know, his whole career. And um, so that's what I started with, go-kart racing and modifieds and what have you. And um, But when I got with Carlton, his number was number one. And so we had to swap over and do that, which, hey, it is what it is. And we done that for a while. Then, you know, like I say, when I went to Bobby, he had his number, which was 44, then when I went to Stuckey's, it was back to number one car. But what was so special, I guess you could say, going back to this 46, when me and Papish put this deal together, he said, uh, what number you want to be? And I said, well, I mean, it's your car. We can do whatever you want to do because you know, everybody's got their favorite numbers. And he said, well, what was your dad's number? And I said, 46. He said, well, that's the number. That's what's going on in this car i was like well that's a good car owner there
0: to do that I, yeah that jason papage i've I've known him for a few years he you know when he first started racing lucas he raced out of daryl's shop so i got to yeah. know him pretty good he is a super nice guy um and it's done a lot for the sport you know you know being your car owner and and supporting racing so yeah he's a he's definitely one of the the good guys in the sport for sure
1: yes he is i like I say, if I need anything or just talk or whatever it may be, I mean, he, he's just a good guy to talk to, and he's extremely busy. I mean, he's got a big construction company in California. He don't get to come to a lot of races, but as far as a con owner, he is just all around a good guy. He gives us what we need, talks to us, and what's good about it is when you drive for him or like Bobby Labonte. They understand things ain't perfect every night, and if you crash or something goes wrong, get a flat tire, whatever it may be, they understand it cause they've done it. And, uh, they know the setup ain't gonna be perfect every night and he never, ever asked why or what went wrong. You know, he understands. So, so I enjoy racing for him. Absolutely.
2: I think that's cool to hear you talk about that car number two and how, how much it means to you and how important it is to get it back on there. You know, I. I guess I always just, uh, just considered you to number one, you know, growing up, that was what I always watched you run. And, uh, it's, yeah. it's awesome to see you get to get that number back on there, 46 and, uh, and it, man, that's a sharp looking race car too. They've done a great job with it and looks good out front too.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it absolutely does. And extreme graphics, Jay Ross been with me for, I bet he's been with me for 15 years and he always put something together that looks really good for us and uh you know a lot of people don't mention their graphics people but and i mean he he's a good friend of mine he's done it for years and he knows about what i want each and every year so he's a good guy to have yes y'all ain't, he is.
0: Y'all ain't been hunting together have you
1: believe it or not i invited him last year and he was so busy well he's doing baseball or something with his kids and uh but we ain't been together but we talk about it every time i call it we got to talk about deer hunting
0: I, I know he was, I know he was a big deer hunter. I've, I've been around J-Rod for, for many years. He, he always lettered most of the cars I worked on. So I yeah. know how big a deer hunter he is down there in Louisiana and I know how much you like to hunt.
1: So
2: yes. Oh yes. We'll take another, yeah, we'll take another quick break here. This is the forward bike podcast. I'm Kyle Armstrong, Adam Logan, Earl Pearson jr. On the hotline. And we'll be right back. And we're back with Earl Pearson jr. Here on the forward bike podcast, uh, we're talking a little bit about deer hunting there and and before I'll let you you mentioned that you uh got your start in go-kart racing and I believe that's still very near and dear to your heart uh Earl I know I mean I got to attend a race that you promoted there one time at Blacksburg South Carolina it was a big 10,000 to win uh go-kart race and and pretty well attended really it was a heck of a show and uh I just wonder if you've got anything else up your sleeve maybe to to do some more stuff like that, maybe some race promotion at some point down the line.
1: Well, I've definitely thought about it. Um, you know, when I hang my helmet up, you know, I've always, I, I got a couple opportunities, there's no doubt. Um, but I don't know exactly what I'll do. But I enjoyed the promoting with the go-karts. Um, don't get me wrong, it's, it's stressful because, if the eight-year-old gets spun out the mama's coming to you you gonna get cussed out so that's all it is to it yeah <laughs> but, but uh no i enjoyed that i mean it was something different for me to do and like i say i grew up doing it and my you know kids was doing it and my brothers do it so i said hey, well, i'll just give this a shot and uh somebody told me well you need to do it up here in south carolina and i like well okay we'll give it a shot but like you say, it was. It, it's stressful to do it because there's so much going on. There's so many classes, so many entries. But you know, all, at the end of the day, I mean, it was it was entertainment for me to sit there and watch so many people racing for that kind of money. And I get I'm the promoter, but I will get mad because the last lap somebody will go going there and knock the leader completely off the racetrack, and I'm like. Well, they should black flag him. But in go-kart racing, I guess they don't use a black flag. But I, I would get upset about <laughs> that. But um, anyway, I enjoyed it. And I'll probably definitely do some more once I get to a point of hanging a helmet up. And we'll just see where it goes.
0: Hopefully that ain't, ain't any time soon.
1: Well, I hope not. Um, me and Pappage was talking about it the other day. And me and Forrest talked about it. Like I told Jason, I said, as long as I'm competitive, I'll stay in the seat. But if I ever get to a point where it's just, you know, things ain't going right, and I, I, what I'm saying is I don't want to be 60 years old and trying to make a race. You know, if it's 53 or 55 or whatever it is, you know, once I get to that point, then we'll just do what we got to do. But I just don't want to be 60 years old out there trying to make a race, you know. you know, But, but I ain't saying – because a lot of them do it absolutely a lot of them do it but i know i can tell from 40 and i'm 50 now there's no doubt that your reflexes slow down everything changes and this day and time you drive the car so much harder than what we did 10 years ago Uh, i mean this every lap it's just pretty much wide open hard as you can go this day and time so so we'll we'll see we'll see where it goes.
0: Yeah, you kind of you kind of led into my my next question. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time and had you know success all through your career. I mean, is that the biggest thing that you've seen you know in racing that's changed over time? Is just the the speed or how hard you got to drive or you know is it the technology style of race cars? What you know what what's changed in your mind? Is is it good bad?
1: Well, and I think it's gonna come up more and more. Probably in the next couple of years, probably even next year. Uh, it, it it's hard to drive them. I shouldn't say hard, but it, you got to drive them so much harder this day and that, di- this day and time. The technology, it, it's it don't stop. It just keeps growing and growing. But what we're seeing now is the arrow, and like the other night when you get on the bigger tracks and get to a lap car, it, it, it takes you some laps to get by that guy but if you catch a group of cars you can't hardly even race with them you can't hardly even get up there to them so the cars are so aero dependent nowadays that it's it's gonna make it tough now it ain't as bad on the smaller tracks but whenever you get up to say 90 to 120 mile an hour you can definitely feel it on the in the race car and you can see it on the racetrack
0: I mean, that, that that's kind of, I know over the last couple of weeks, people's been, you know, they've been, you know, com, almost complaining, you know, there ain't no big, you know, no passing in these in these big races. And, you know, yeah. I guess that leads to it that these cars, I guess everybody's so close together in speed and arrow that, mm-hmm. like you said, when you get behind e- even a lap car, it's, it takes all your air away and your car don't react the same way. So, um, I mean, that's kind of part of, you know, if you can't, If you can't fill your race car, you're not going to be able to pass them.
1: Well, that's what I, like I I even told my crew guy, I told Jason Papage, the 49 car is the fastest car in the country right now. If he ever gets in the lead, you're pretty much not going out running at this point. (laughs) But if you ever can get him starting, you know, sixth or eighth, and I mean, he's got the fastest car, but it, and with the arrow, it's just hard for him to get up through there. And it, I I guarantee it showed this weekend. Um, I think he probably started what seventh, eighth, whatever it was. And he's got a fast race car, but I'm just telling you, if you get a car that's fairly fast, I mean, you just can't you can't race with them because of the arrow.
0: What's what would in your in your opinion what would what would help? get less aero dependent but yet keep the car i mean what would you do to kind of alleviate that
1: well i think you got to go back and work on something to get the car back into the driver's hand um and i know this sounds crazy but you know back in the day when we had the race spring in front of the axle tube i mean the driver won the race but now you got so much going on with the shocks and springs and the bodies and the bodies. If you look at pictures nowadays, the bodies on these things are so crooked. Um, yeah, But I think it's going to take a whole package of, of things of getting your bodies back square, all this dishing the bodies and, and on the deck and the nose pieces. And, you know, you got to do something else with the suspension. You may be put five shocks and springs on the car, you know, rather than all this other stuff and, and don't have no double stacks. But I mean, then, then you got to get into a lot more tech, but <laughs> yeah. something's going to have to change. Cause I mean, you see it just like the fans are seeing it. There's no passing going on. Yeah. Um. So something's going to have to change.
2: I think, uh, I think I heard Mike Marlar say in a recent interview, he, I think he was talking about all the same things you're talking about, but I heard him mention the tires too. There's not, you know, all the years you've raced, you've had several different tires, tire compounds and choices. Well, now they're, you know, in the rules that you only got one choice to put on that right rear. So it's really uh, there's no guessing game on that. So there's really no comers and goers. I mean, am I right about that?
1: Well, you're absolutely right on that too. It's, and I'm hearing Hozier's coming up Well, this new tire. I mean, who knows where that's going to go, but you're right. And I don't know if no grooving a siphon will help anything, but I don't know. It, it, it's, <laughs> it would save my guys a, like Logo here a lot a of can, trouble.
0: We opened it, up a can uh, of worms here.
1: <laughs> well, it, it ain't so much that. It's just, I don't think it's going to be just one thing fixes it.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's going to be
1: tires. It's going to be shocks of spring. It's going to be bodies. You know, and then like you say, every week if you walk around the pits, you look at the bodies. I mean, they're getting more and more crooked. More dish, more this, more that, you know, and and nothing gets the series, but it ain't like NASCAR. NASCAR's got so many tech guys, they can oversee everything. For sure. But the series has only got, you know, one or two tech guys. Hell, they can't take 50 cars. No. You know, so it makes it tough on them as well.
0: I know how these I know how us crew guys are. We roll through tech and they change that. Okay. And you get back to the pits and there's no there's really no policing I and mean, you just you just put it back the way yeah. it was. <laughs> and yes, I mean yes. and, and, and they don't write it down. They don't say, Oh, the Earl on the forty six car, they they need to change this. I'm gonna check it out the yeah. race. They don't do you know, they don't know that right. that you went back. So I, you know, that's that's, a, that's the racer doing this. We're gonna any advantage we're gonna we're gonna find it and we're gonna That's
1: really it. That's it. what we gotta do.
2: Yes. We're trying to nitpick little things like that and try to make it better and all that, that's just because how much we love the sport. But I I think that given everything we've still, dirt lake model racing is still the best, most exciting racing on the planet in my opinion. So, uh, so I I think we've still got a really good product out there. And I think, uh, I think there's still plenty of good races to be seen coming up here in the near future.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And, and don't get me wrong, some of the racetracks you go to big or small, if it ain't right and it ain't racy, there ain't nobody gonna pass nobody anyway. But if you get to a track, slick top to bottom, no cushion and no bottom, where you got to maneuver around, then you'll see a good race. So it ain't all just the cars. It's got to be some of the racetracks as well. I, I agree. mean, yeah,
2: they can't yeah. all they can't all be bangers. I mean, we, uh, I think we're spoiled too at this point. As far as us, you know, I don't get to go to every. We don't get to go to all the races. Of course, but we get to watch them all on TV now. Uh, so, Deer Creek a few weeks ago, or a few months ago now, I guess that Deer Creek man, that was a heck of a race out yeah. there. And, yeah, and you get spoiled sometimes watching a good uh, show like that, and they can't all be that good. Yeah,
0: you watch them races like yeah. why can't every track be like that? But then you're like, uh. <laughs> so
1: yeah, yeah, you're right. Knoxville usually when it if it's good, I mean, you just, everybody races all over just like Eldor. For sure. I mean, if it's right, you race all over. It, you know, um, so I mean, like I say, the track's got to be right to make all of it work too, as well.
2: Yeah, we got the Hillbilly Hundred coming up there this weekend, Tyler County. I think we that hadn't even mentioned that, no, but that's we didn't. it's going to be sort of a crown jewel race there, and uh, you yeah. we'll go out there and do that, and then Eldora next week for the for the for the rest of the Dream, and then the World, and yeah. looking forward to all that. So
1: yeah there's several good races coming up here this month so um so hopefully we can keep our little streak going here of uh you know maybe some wins and top fives i mean hell everything's paying good right now so for sure
2: yeah you've uh, you've been at this a long time it's sort of a lifestyle isn't it i mean you you're at the racetrack every single weekend and that's that's what that's what we all look forward to for sure but uh man it's uh you guys stay busy out there on the road i think busier this year than you've ever been
1: well it is i mean with the other series doing their things and you know you got series putting races on through the middle of the week what i'm saying is a team can race as much as they want to um but somewhere down the line you just got to pick and choose what you do because everybody's got a life the crew guy's got a life and i mean you can wear your equipment out as well but you can burn the crew guys out then you got a mess on your hands so I don't try to push too hard to race, but so much, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I race to win I race. That's my living, but there again, everybody's got a life. Um, so we could be at a racetrack every single day or, you know, three or four times a week, but if you burn the crew guys out, then you ain't got anything. So, so I kind of pick and choose what I do with that.
2: I, l- I love what you're saying right yeah. there too. I mean, I, I can go on a trip like, uh, you know, for like next when we go to Eldora next week and pretty much be there all week by the time I get home I'm like man I I mean how do these guys do that all the time and that's why I say it's just a lifestyle and I get burned out on it just going on one weekend like that every so often so yeah you guys are the the true heroes of all putting all these shows on for us and we appreciate all y'all we and just can't thank you enough for being on here. I think uh, we'll wrap this up. We're at about 46 <laughs> minutes here, so I think that's a pretty good number. That's, uh, that's a good number. That's an excellent number.
0: To, number. <laughs>
2: and, and, man, we, we thank you a lot for your time, man. And uh, it's been been great to watch you through all the years, all your career, and thanks for all the memories. And uh, hopefully we're just beginning them because, uh, you know, you got a long, long way to go here, I believe.
1: Yeah, and I, like I say, I appreciate what y'all doing, and there's so many people out there doing the live stream and Facebook, this, that, and other, whatever, and, and it's good for all of it. It's good for the sponsors, the teams, uh, like I say, everybody, and I appreciate what y'all doing, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. If you want to thank those sponsors, I know Lucas Oil are out there at the top, you want to thank your sponsors here, we'll give you a quick opportunity to do that, and we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up for tonight.
1: Well, I appreciate that, but I mean, there's so many people involved with what we do, and they always don't get mentioned, but you know, like Extreme Graphics, uh, you know, Sunoco, Hoosier, Ashberger Truck, Midwest Sheet Metal, um, Longhorn Chassis, yeah, Clemens Racing Engines. Uh, it's just so many people involved with this, and like I say, Pappish Construction, uh, and you know, like I say, all our product sponsors, all the people that you know, don't get mentioned each and every weekend, you know, without them, we couldn't do what we're doing. So I really appreciate everything everybody does on this, this team and car and not only just mine, all the teams out here because we all need it right now. So every, every little sponsor there is helps everybody.
2: Well, absolutely Earl. Uh, We appreciate your time for tonight on the podcast. I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy hearing this. I think it's uh, been a long time coming for us and, uh, we appreciate your time and uh, and giving us a little bit of your time tonight to uh, to talk racing with us. Okay, buddy. Thank you, sir. That's another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast right here on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. I'm your host Kyle Armstrong for Adam Logan and Earl Pearson Jr. We'll talk to you next time.